is up everyone and welcome to the debut episode of the new japan takeover finally it's here it's happening i was originally planning on doing this with a friend but plans kind of fell through but it's okay i can do it solo probably just bear with me it is the debut episode and it is the first time i ever do anything on my own so let's just get right into it um just a brief explanation this show is obviously, as the New Japan Takeover, going to be specifically about New Japan. I'm going to start off slow and just do like the major pay-per-view slash events. So in this month, we are going to be talking about New Japan's biggest pay-per-view, Wrestle Kingdom's Nights 1 and 2. I was planning on including three, but I am trying to keep this under half an hour. And also, um, Night 3 includes, you know, Pro Wrestling Noah, and I know not a lot of people are familiar with it so there's a chance maybe not many people would want to stay and watch for that so we'll just stick with the two nights which is the usual you know for wrestle kingdom and i'm going to be looking at my phone because i had to take notes on my notes app on my phone because i actually watched new japan or wrestle kingdom um at the airport both nights um because i was stranded at an airport if you have not heard that story i'm pretty sure it's one of in one of the shows for the Sheely Showcase that I've mentioned, I was stranded in Atlanta and Orlando. So you can hear about that there. But um, so yeah, let's just get right into it. So I'm going to include just the pre-show match for only night one, only because it does have to do with what goes into night two. And it is the King of Pro Wrestling, the New Japan Rambo, where you have like a battle royal and the final four participants or the final four left standing compete in night two and try and compete for the trophy of KOPW or King of Pro Wrestling. So the entrants in order are as followed. Um, we have Chase Owens of the Bullet Club, Baron Henry, um, Kozi Fujita, who's a young lion, and young lion um, Yuto Nakashima, Ryoki Oya, Master Wato, um, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, Minoru Suzuki, Satoshi Kojima, Taka Michinoku, I'm trying my very best to pronounce these names. I'm not the best at pronunciation in English, so Japanese, good Lord help me. <laughs> we had Sima, um, which was actually his first appearance in New Japan in like over a decade. He made an appearance in AW in 2020, but this is the first time we've seen him back in New Japan for a fucking long ass time. So it was really good to see him back. Um, and then we had Tomahaki Honuma Doki, Yuji Nagata, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Togi Makabe, Bad Luck Fale of the Bullet Club, um, Tatsuyumi Fujinami. Um, it was his apparently his first match in New Japan since the 70s, which I think is fucking incredible. The fact that he even showed up, good to see. And our final entrant, who was the current or last year's winner of the K, um, the KOPW, um, Toru Yano. And the match was pretty good. We had, you know, our battle royal and our final four standing was um, Toru Yano, because, you know, yeah, kind of made sense. You know, he's the current holder, so of course it would make sense for him to defend it. Um, Sima, Min Minoru Suzuki, and Chase Owens. It was a good match. I gave it 3.25 stars. There was a lot of surprises, and um, I know Yano kind of just showed up and he barely did anything. He was the last entry, but I mean, it kind of makes sense. That's just kind of how Toru Yano is. So then we go into the actual, you know, the main card, the main, you know, show. This, the Again, this battle royal happened before. It is the pre-show. And so our first match, the opening match was show 
of the Bullet Club versus his former tag team partner, Yo. They've had, you know, some beef going on and it finally has led up to this match where Yo finally gets his redemption over show. He's had a little trouble, you know, as the build to Wrestle Kingdom was going, but he finally got his redemption by winning. It was a good match and it was a good comeback for Yo. So big congrats. Um, our next match, we had a tag team match. It was Hiroshi Tanahashi, and if you know me, if you've ever seen anything about the Shili Showcase, you know that I fucks with Hiroshi Tanahashi. Go Ace, freaking love the guy. Um, we had so we had him with Rocky Romero and Raisuke Taguchi versus Kenta, El Fantasmo, and Taiji Shimori, which are all Bullet Club members. You know, it was just I think it was a good little stand-in match, especially for what's to come in night two. Um, the Bullet Club did win, but by disqualification. Um, and this is where, you know, another reason why I freaking love Tanahashi. So Tanahashi is all about, you know, I play by the rules. I don't, you know, use weapons. I don't, you know, I win fairly, basically. So he's usually, his matches are, you know, either, you know, if he's in a tag match, cool. But he's usually, his singles matches are just one-on-one. -on -one. It's not no DQs or, you know, death matches. He doesn't do that. He's always lived by, you know, I win things fairly. I don't need weapons to win. So, but... But here's the thing. Um, during the match, Kenta was going to use um, a kendo stick on Tana, but Tana caught him and he used the kendo stick on Kenta. And the ref tried to stop him, but um, Tana actually shoved the ref away from him and started using the kendo stick. So Tana actually costed the match for his team. But I love to see it because Tana finally snapped and he walked backstage like looking pissed and he just looked ready for night two which he challenges Kenta for the IWGB United States Championship. So that was a good, you know, little teaser and a good little lead up to what's to come in the next night. So, and I guess another thing to know when I included in my notes is that last year at Wrestle Kingdom, at Wrestle Kingdom 15, um, he could have used the chair against Great Okan. It was introduced in the match. It wasn't a no disqualification match, but he could have used it, but he refused. And it's you know, really wild to see that a year later, you know, instead of refusing, he actually used the fucking weapon. Love to see it. So our third match was the United Empire. Um, Will Osprey, which God bless, he's back. I've missed him in New Japan. Um, I know he's been going around like, you know, the rest of the world and, you know, in the States and stuff, but we, he hasn't been in New Japan for a while. So it was really good to see him back. But so Osprey, the Great Okan, and Jeff Cobb, who are all part of the United Empire, against um, Sanada, Bushi, and Tetsuya Naito of Los Ingobernables de Japan, or LIJ for short. United Empire won that match. You know, it was, I gave it four stars. It was a really good match. And Naito and Osprey being back, it's just really good to see. Naito was out for an injury. I know he had returned before Wrestle Kingdom, but it was good to see him back in time for Wrestle Kingdom. And then Osprey, it was just really good to see him you know, back in Japan in general, because fuck, I missed it, man. So the fourth match, pretty historic. We had Katsuyori Shibata, who had his first actual one-on-one -on -one match since 2017, where he had a very serious head injury. He did a massive headbutt, and he was severely injured and end up ha ended up having to retire um, from in-ring action because of it, but he he's back. He had like a five-minute exhibition match. I believe it was against, yeah, it was against Seth, Zach Saber Jr. That was good. And I know myself, as well as many New Japan fans, wanted more, you know? We wanted another match out of Shibata, which he did. And they didn't announce who his opponent was until the night of, which was actually Ren Narita, which 
um, it's someone who he trained. So I think that is a good, you know, that's a good start, you know, someone who he's trained, someone who knows, you know, I guess how Shibata rolls because, you know, he was trained by him. So I think that's a good one to, you know, start off with. And it, it was a really good match. And it was just, I gave it five stars only just because Shibata is back. I know this is something that we thought we wouldn't see, but, you know, with wrestling nowadays, anything is possible. People can come back from, you know, injuries that you think are, career ending for good so it was a really good match and i'm really glad to see shibata back next match we had um evil of bullet club against tomohiro ishii for the never open weight championship which evil ended up beating ishii of course there was outside interference by dick togo who was with evil um dick togo is really just like the best outside interference guy i guess because he's always there to interfere that's like his main job at this point but it was a good match. I give it four stars. Maybe it could have been ranked a little higher. I was just um, just a little bitter, if you will, because I I freaking live for Tomohiro Ishii. The dude's fucking awesome. And I thought they would have gone further with him in this title reign. I thought him actually getting the Never Open Weight Championship would actually, you know, this is, I thought it was a step forward for Ishii because he deserves a lot better. They did him dirty in the G1. I thought maybe now he would get a nice lengthy badass rain. Um, it was a good rain, but I think it could have been better, and I think it could have been longer for sure. So, a little upset about that, but it was still a good match, and congrats to Evil, nothing against him, but again, I just, I live for Ishii, so, you know, it was a little bit of a bummer for me, but sixth match, we had Hiroki Go <laughs> sorry, I just fucked that up, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi of Chaos taking on Dangerous Techers, the team of Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. for the IWGP Championship. Um, Goto and Yoshihashi did win this match. It was a really good match, and I think it was a good rebound for them because they had just recently lost the IW, um, the Never Open Weight six-man tag titles, um, which was, I believe, the longest reign ever with those titles. And it was a really good reign. And it was sad to see them lose, but I'm glad that they kind of, you know, got a little bit of a rebound with winning these titles. So good to them. Good for them. Good for them. And I almost just dropped my phone there. Shit. Um, our seventh match, which is our semi-main event, is El Desperado versus Hiromu Takahashi of um, Los Ingobernables de Japan. Um, really good match. This match, I gave 4.5 stars. El Desperado retained the Junior Heavyweight Championship against Hiromu Takahashi. Personally, I did want Hiromu to win, but I only hope that this means that Hiromu can start going towards the heavyweight division. I know I wanted him to, I wanted him to replace Naito in the G1 because he he not, like Naito lost his first match, but that was the same match he got injured. So it wouldn't be like, oh, well, you know, Hiromu didn't take any points away. Like, no, um, it would have kind of been like a fresh slate. I think he should have, you know, taken over. Because I want to see Hiromu win a heavyweight title, even if it's like the, I was about to say the Intercontinental Championship, that what's called. But like, whether it's the um, US title or even the Never Openweight title, or, you know, maybe at some point we could see him with the World Heavyweight title. I don't know, but I would love to see it because the dude's hella talented and he shouldn't be just held back by being just in the junior division. I think he needs more than that. And I hope that they give him more than that. So now moving to our main event of night one, we have um, Kazuchika Okada taking on the current um well you know i'll get to it the, the champion the iwgp world heavyweight champion shingo takagi um 
fucking amazing match. It was fantastic. I could talk about it all day if I could, but again, I'm trying to keep this at 30 minutes. But if you haven't watched it, you should definitely go watch it and then watch it again. It was phenomenal. And I gave it five stars and Kazushiko Okada finally won the title. I know he had been going after it for a bit and he beat Takagi and it was a really good match. I, there's nothing more to say. Like, again, I could talk so much about it, but keeping it, I'm going to hold myself back and just say, I'm very happy for Okada. I know, you know, it was pretty, it was a pretty long journey for him to come get the title back or at least the, you know, the biggest title. I know he really wanted the IWGP heavyweight championship, but he, I think has accepted the world heavyweight championship, which good for him. Cause I still have not really accepted it. I've just kind of tolerated it, but it was a really good match. I'm super, super happy for Okada, especially after his underwhelming victory in the G1. If you didn't know, um, he won. He won the G1 finals, hence the reason why he got to come and compete for the title. However, it was a very like unfortunate win because him and Kota Ibushi were in the finals and he won because Kota got injury, injured mid-match. And I know it was a very like, you know, like it was, he was happy, but like, this isn't how we wanted to win. You know, he obviously, wanted to earn the win, but still big congrats. And hopefully, I don't know, who knows, maybe we'll get to see Kota versus Okada, you know, at some point, hopefully. So we're going to roll into night two now. Um, I'm, again, I'm not going to talk about the pre-show. The only reason why I brought up the match from the pre-show in night one is because, again, it has to do with night two, you know, what starts off in night one would continue in night two. So our first match was the junior was for the junior IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship, which was Rocky Romero and Raisuke Taguchi versus Bullet Club members El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori, or as they like to call themselves, the world's cutest tag team. Um, um, some people are cool with that. Some people are not. I'm kind of on the fence. I think like I love the shirt. The shirt is fucking cute, but um, I know like you know they're supposed to be like the Bullet Club, you know, so not about being cute. Um, and then versus Tiger Mask and Robbie Eagles of Chaos. So, um, or, so I'm trying to like break this all down and try to read my notes at the same time. It was a triple threat and um, Tiger Mask and um, Robbie Eagles did win the titles because um, actually this is a bit of a turn of events. This is something I don't think I've ever really seen in wrestling or at least not in a very long ass time. Um, El Phantasmo and Taiji Ishimori, you know, despite it being a triple threat, they got disqualified in the middle of the match where they found out um, the sudden death boot that El Phantasmo had been using had a piece of metal in it. So the reason why it was like, you know, meant sudden death, the reason why it was so effective was because he had this little piece of metal inside it and they found it, you know, they all pinned him down and they t finally took off his boot and they revealed it and the rest were like, what the fuck do we do? So they finally decided, you know what, they're out of here. Um, Taiji Ishimori and El Phantasmo got disqualified. So it was just Rocky Romero and Raisuke Taguchi against Tiger Mask and Robbie Eagles. Um, and, and then Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask ended up winning. I gave it 3.5 stars. It was a good opener. I said congrats to the Flying Tigers. And it was cool. It was really cool to see, like, the secret, if you will, behind sudden death, like the sudden death move. Because, you know, of course, it was like just like a kick. You know, it's almost like, you know, when John Cena had that freaking fist of doom or whatever, the lightning fist, whatever the fuck that was, 
And people were like, it's just a punch. Like, it is literally just a closed fist punch. Like, why is that a finisher? It's, it was kind of like the same thing, but except there was something behind it, you know, there was, you know, the piece of metal. So it was good to see that finally be exposed and what better place to do it than the biggest pay-per-view of the year for New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom. So we go to the second match, which was the stardom tag match, which big massive props and all the flowers thrown to the ladies because this is the first time in a very long time, I believe, that um, the women get to be on the main card. They were usually on the pre-show, and now not only were they on night two, but they were on the main card. So this was already huge for them. So um, we had Mayo Iwatani and the Starlight Kid versus Tam Nakano and Saya Kaitani. And the winner was um, Tam, Tam, sorry, I'm trying to read, Tam Nakano and Saya Kamitani. Um, I gave it 3.75 stars. It was a really good match. And oh my God, these starter women are forces to be reckoned with. All four of them were. And all this showed me was I need to watch more stardom because these are some of the most talented and most athletic women I've ever seen. And I think they deserve a lot more attention. And I would hope, like, I know it's a little hard traveling, especially in Japan, but I would hope that some of them can possibly go to like AEW because I know they bring in a lot of talent, um, especially like to Dark or something and just show what they can, what they're capable of. Like, it would be really cool to see that. I would love to see them come to AEW or at least just come to the US in general, just to show what stardom is made of because these women were absolutely phenomenal so next we have the third match which is the kopw provisional championship you know like i mentioned in night one we had the battle royal to see the final four participants to see who would compete now in night two for the provisional championship and like i mentioned it was toriano versus chase owens versus sima versus minoru suzuki um i honestly thought I thought Toriano was gonna win. Nothing against the guy, but I was like, I don't, I didn't want him to win again. Like I was like, let, let it be someone different. So, but it was um, Minoru Suzuki won. I gave it three stars. It was pretty okay match. It was a little short for me. Like it was kind of short, in my opinion. But it was still a good match. And again, I was glad to see that it wasn't Toriano who won. Um, so I get, um, I said, congrats to Suzuki, the king is the king because you know it's you know king of pro wrestling. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay go, moving on. We're going to our fourth match, which was the Never Openweight Six-Man Championship. We had Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, and Yo taking on Evil, um, Yojiro Takahashi, and Sho, who are the current champions. And um, they did end up winning. They retained. Um, it, was, it, was, um, it was a really good match. I gave it four stars. Um, I kind of expected... Um, Bullet Club to retain, not only because they just won the titles, but you had um, Yoshihashi and Haruki Goto just winning the titles, and I don't think they were down to do double champs for the tag titles just yet, because um, I know Evil's already a double champion, he's the Never Open Way champion, and now he's he holds the six-man Never Open Way championship. I just don't think they do double champions back-to-back like that, which I'm glad they don't. Again, it, I think it doesn't keep the value of a title. But um, next we had all the stars of Noah show up. Um, it was it was pretty cool, you know, seeing the stars of Noah. But nothing really happened. They just talked about what they were going to bring to the table for night three, and that's about it. But like, it wasn't really like an invasion because you know, an invasion. I think like you know what happened, you know, when the Ring of Honor stars t- attacked the Impact stars. Like that's what I think of. Like they just showed up, said what they were going to do, and then that was it. Um, and again, I'm only briefing touch, briefly touching up on it only because it did happen, but also because I'm not even going to talk about night three because again, I don't know 
if a lot of people who will be watching this watch Pro Wrestling Noah, but if you do, then like maybe we could do talk about night three in the future or, you know, talk more Noah, whatever you want. Cause I know like, for example, Kenta, he's an active member on New Japan, but he has worked in Noah. So like stuff like that could kind of incorporate, we can react to matches, whatever it may be. But yeah, I just thought I'd briefly sprinkle that in there cause it did happen. So next, the fifth match, we had the Great Okan of the United Empire take on Sonata of LIJ. It was a fantastic match. Love to see it. Sonata took the win on this one. I was I was rooting for him. I, I do love me some LIJ, so Sonata being a part of it. Um, of course, I was rooting for him. I give it 4.25 stars. It was an amazing match. And um, again, I was going for Sonata, but Great Okan is also wicked talented also i will give him his flowers and i think both of them need a single title like today okay and i guess this is another reason why i really didn't like the unification of the iwgp heavyweight title and the intercontinental title because the intercontinental title again that was another title that you know could help build stars up you know if you don't want to throw the biggest belt on a wrestler you know, because they may not be ready for it, that's fine. But at least you still have these like mid card titles that they can hold to show like show growth, show improvement, you know, and just so you know, give them a title that some of these talents absolutely deserve. And I would have loved to see Sonata with the IWGP um, Intercontinental Championship. I think that white strap absolutely would go with it, but it's gone and I don't think it's coming back. But um, I don't know, someone's got to save us. There's got to be someone who will save us. But yeah, give Great Okan and Sonata a singles title. They need it. Or at least, you know, give, I don't want to say tag titles because that's kind of like the easy way out for some people. Like just give them the tag title, let them hold it for a bit and then take it away. Like, no, they both need a singles title. Please make it happen. So the sixth match, we have Jeff Cobb of United Empire take on Tetsuya Naito. They kind of had like a little altercation, if you will, in night one during their match. And it seemed like the, I think the match was pretty impromptu. And if I, I don't, I don't know if it was pre-planned or if it was impromptu, if I'm being completely honest. Again, I was stranded in an airport and I was just trying to get home at the same time. So I don't really remember, but um, they did like have a little like altercation nothing physical, but it did happen in night one. So um, this match, you know, I guess just to lead up to this match, good match. Tetsuya Naito takes the win. I give it 4.5 stars. It was an incredible match. So much talent in New Japan that goes unnoticed or that can't be truly recognized in the form of a title because, you know, there's a title that's not there. Um, but it's okay. I think their talent speaks for themselves. And I give um, massive props to both of them and both their factions because both factions are really good. Not gonna lie. Um, but and it, again, it was good to see Naito be back in time for Wrestle Kingdom. That is something I was worried about, especially because his knee injury seemed pretty serious. So, but the fact that he's back, he made it. That's really cool. But I know he really wanted to try and get the the world heavyweight title, you know, because in night 15, um, night 15, Wrestle Kingdom 15, he had lost, you know, the IWGP um, heavyweight title and the Intercontinental title to Kota Ibushi. So I know he's trying to, you know, make his comeback, kind of like the same way Okada is doing, did. So it's like now I think it's Naito's journey now, but like, guess we'll have to see where that goes. Um, the seventh match um, was the IWGP US title match. It was no disqualification, and it was Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenta, who Kenta, the reigning champion. 
Oh my god, I gave this match five stars. It was absolutely fucking remarkable. Hiroshi Tanahashi not only won, but seeing Tana just go past his limits, basically. Like doing watching him outside of like his comfort zone was absolutely like I just couldn't help but watch in awe. It was so awesome to see. The guy's like in his 40s. I think he's like 44. But seeing him go and compete in a match that he is completely unfamiliarized, this is not his territory, and he not only brought it, but he did absolutely amazing and, and ended up winning, and I will not, never forget, like, I go back to watch this match just for this spot. Um, he goes to the very top of a ladder and does his signature, the high fly flow, onto Kenta through a table, I'm like, you know, this is not Tanahashi material. So seeing him do it was fucking awesome to see. Like, he brought it, you know. This isn't his thing, but he definitely brought it and showed, look, I can fucking hang. So it was really cool to see that. Gave it five stars because he won. He won back the IWGP US title from Kenta. And I hope to see more. Like, I think this should, like, it shouldn't be like, oh, this is all he does now. Because, again, it would just completely dilute the excitement I, like, someone would get. But I think it should be, like, a special occasion type thing where Tana will, like, you know, if you want to challenge Tana, Tanahashi to a no disqualification match, well, you know, best know he can fucking bring it. So um, that was really cool. And I thought it was a really good match. And I was very happy to see Tana step out of his comfort zone and fucking kill it. So now, our closing match, the main event, we had Kazuchika Okada, the reigning, you know, who just won the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship against Will Ospreay. If you don't know why, Will Ospreay, if you are confused, you have not kept up. So Will Ospreay had the title before Shingo Takagi won it. He actually never really lost it. He relinquished, and I'm doing air quotes if you're listening, but... um relinquished, um, and I'll explain the quotes of relinquished um, the title, because of an injury, he got a neck injury, I believe, and because of that, he was forced to vacate the title, but um, he did, but didn't, and to briefly explain, New Japan went, said he's no longer the champion, had a, I believe they had a turn, oh, excuse me, they had a tournament, and Shingo Takagi ended up the winner, he was, he won the championship, hence, you know, we, why we got Okada versus Takagi at night one. Well, Will Ospreay didn't accept that. He said, I was never defeated. He pulled that card that I was never beaten. I never lost it. You know how it goes in wrestling. And he basically said that that is my title. And I'm going to, like, he's basically not giving up the fact that he's not the champion. He was saying that I am the champion. He even brought out at Resurgence in September. No, it wasn't September. It was August. Um, but anyways, regardless, he brought out the title. It's like, I'm still the champion. It's my title. And he said I never lost it. So Will Ospreay was living with the, I guess, the belief that he was the champion. But, you know, everyone else was like, no, you're not. It's Shingo Takagi. So finally, Will Ospreay can, comes back for Wrestle Kingdom, you know, where we decide who is the real champion? So because Okada won the title from Chigo Tagagi, you know, he's just had to be the one to face Osprey. Um, I didn't really agree with, I guess, this way, if that makes sense. I think Will Osprey and um, Shingo Takagi should have settled this in night one, and then the winner faced Kazuchika Okada in night two. I know there was kind of kind of like a little connection like with 
Osprey and Okada, they, I mean, they had their match last year at WrestleMania. It was fucking phenomenal. So I knew it was going to be a good match. But I think that Takagi and Will Osprey should have settled this in night one to find out who the true champion is, because that was more between them. You know, Osprey not having lost the title, but saying he did, he was still the champion, and Shingo Takagi, who was the current title holder at the time, it should have. I think that's how it should have happened. Um, Takagi and Osprey should have happened in night one. Winner of that match goes on to face, you know, Okada in night two. And I think it would make more sense also like that because you no, know, Takagi could win to finally like shut Osprey up. Nothing against Osprey, I do love the guy, but I'm just saying just to finally make him say like, you know, to leave to finally drop the whole I never lost it. It's my championship. Whatever the hell. Finally make him drop that since he now officially lost in a title match to Takagi. You know. And then it really, it doesn't start a whole new reign. You know, Takagi gets to go on as the champion. So that way, Osprey doesn't just have the title for one win and then goes and loses it. They really wanted Okada to win. I think that would have worked better, but I mean, it happened this way, so I can't complain. And it was still a really good match. Again, I, if you watched their match at Wrestle Kingdom 15, it was fucking phenomenal. I call it match of the whole pay-per-view. Like, not just night two. Like, it was match of the whole pay-per-view. It was fucking awesome. And um, Will, Os- Will Osprey, he did not win. I was about to say he fucking did. No, he didn't. Because um, Uchiko Okada retained this title. Because again, why would you have a one-day reign? It would make no sense. But Okada retains in another fantastic match. Um, I'll give my flowers to Osprey. He's wicked talented. And I hope to see more of him in Japan. So far as the time of filming this, not so much. But it's okay. Um, I'll, I'll live, but I do want to see more of him in Japan. Um, or at least more than, you know, just, I, I want more Osprey, okay? Please give it to me. But it was, I called it a match for the history books. I gave it 5.5 stars. I know there's usually that one match that deserves more than five stars, and this one was definitely it. I kind of predicted that this would be the one, again, just based off last year's match. Fucking phenomenal. And I loved, it was just, I just loved everything about it. It was a really good match, and that like I can like it's it, 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 I can't even explain how fantastic it is. You just have to go and watch it. Watch for yourself and come back and tell me I'm right. <laughs> so that is officially both nights covered. And I'm just want to briefly discuss before I end the show. Um, I just want to briefly discuss um, my favorite match. I'll do a favorite match of night one and night two, and then I'll do best match overall, and then I'll do. Um, the wrestler, I believe, of the pay-per-view. Like, not of the night, but of, like, oh, out of both nights. So, I think match of night one... Hold on, I'm just going to take it back and look at my notes. I, I'm going to have to give it to... Um, I know the main event was fantastic, and I even gave it five stars, but I'm going to have to give the match of the night for night one, at least, best match of that night, to Eldress Brado versus Romo Takahashi. That match was fucking phenomenal and I think what it definitely showed was that like don't sleep on the junior heavyweights okay or the title like yeah I know it's technically the junior heavyweight championship as opposed to the world heavyweight championship you know that's the big one that's the one that really main events I get it but don't sleep on it like these people don't fuck around they're wicked talented and they deserve just as much love and attention and recognition as the people who are in the heavyweight championship picture like don't don't sleep on them don't like acknowledge them if you will i'll pull roman, I'll roman reigns on them acknowledge them so that one i will give for night 
um, night one. Night two, obviously, not just because I freaking love Hiroshi Tanahashi, but I'm going to have to give it to that match, you know? I'm going to have to give night two, match of the night, to Hiroshi Tanahashi because, or not, well, and Kenta, fuck, it's the match, not the wrestler. Um, but I'm giving it to that match because not only did Tanahashi win, you know, I'm a man who fucking loves Tanahashi, but he, um, you know, like I had mentioned before, it was a really good match. You know, Tanahashi stepping out of his comfort zone. Kenta just bringing it as usual. Kenta coming out of this match with a freaking gash on his nose that was bleeding literally everywhere. Like he, the spot before Tana's high fly flow off the ladder, um, he had pushed Kenta off the same ladder and he fell face first into a trash can and he gashed his nose. And when he got put, by the time he got put on the table, Tana did the high fly flow. There was blood literally everywhere on that table. You would have thought he's bleeding from like his arm or like his back or he had a big, like, no, all that blood on the table was from his fucking nose. And this guy, like, massive props to both of them. They get match of the night for night two. And best match overall, like I said, gotta be Osprey versus Okada. These two just work. They just make magic together okay like they're in the ring okay don't turn this into a weird thing but they in the ring these two just do unbelievable like the most like badass wrestling i've seen some of my favorite wrestling to watch i have gone back and watched this match i want to say at least four times already you know like i just feel like putting on a match that's usually as of late that's usually one that i like to put on because it was just that good. And these two individuals are so wicked talented. And I hope that everyone recognizes that. Like, despite who won or who lost or who deserved it, who didn't deserve it, or how it was booked, it was a fantastic match. And it is one for the history books, like I had mentioned. And I cannot wait to see more of Kazuchika Okada and Will Ospreay, whether it's against each other or just in their own separate ways. So they're getting matched overall like a match of wrestle kingdom basically and i gave it i gave them that title like just kind of by myself you know i was just by myself watching but i gave them that like you know i held them up that high last year for wrestle kingdom 15 i thought they had the best match then i think they had the best match this year so and wrestler of the pay-per-view um, obviously, I'm going to give a bunch of flowers to, you know, Yo getting his redemption over show, you know, Evil won the Never Open Weight. He's a double champion now. He has the Never Open Weight Championship as well as a six, he's one third of the six men Never Open Weight Tag Team Champions. Um, I got to give flowers, of course, to Tanahashi. I got to give flowers to fucking Kenta, who's fucking phenomenal. Despite the loss, it was a really good match. Um, got to give my flowers to Naito, he's back, you know, we, I didn't really think he would be back in time for Wrestle Kingdom. Of course, massive flowers, all the flowers to Shibata for being back in his first match. Fucking awesome to see. But I think the wrestler of Wrestle Kingdom, or the wrestler of, out of, you know, I, I don't want to say of the night because there was two of them. So of the nights, uh, keep it plural, I'm going to have to give it to Okada. I know I've brought up Okada a lot of times, but he, com um, I guess a lot of wrestlers competed both nights, but he defended his, he main evented both nights. He defended, he won in a really good match, a five-star match, in my opinion. You know, again, you take it as you will. You can give it as many stars as you want. It's not that deep. But I gave it a five-star match in my book the first night and a five-point star, 5.5 star match in the second night where he retained his title. So he has gone through hell. And then he went on 
and won his match in Wrestle Kingdom Night 3 with Hiroshi Tanahashi against, you know, Noah. But again, I'm not going to get too much into it because, again, I don't know how many people watch Noah. But if you do, well, we can get into it in a future episode. But yeah, um, that was the first show. I'm actually surprised I made it through. Um, I think this definitely turned out a little bit better than my little guinea pig episode that I was going to do, that I was planning on start when I was planning on starting this originally um, in September during the G1, but that didn't happen. First of all, I felt, it felt, I just didn't like how it came out and I was just very stressed with school. It, I wasn't really enjoying it. It felt more like a chore than like a pleasure, like, oh, I, I like doing this. You know, this is something I look forward to. It felt more like a burden and I didn't want it to be like that because I want to enjoy this. I, and I did enjoy this. I had so much fun just making this and I cannot wait for future episodes. And actually, this is a good time to throw out the offer. I do, I get, like I said earlier, I did plan on having a friend and I do plan on having this friend on at some point. We are both in school though, and he lives in Ireland. So it's a little hard to plan our schedules accordingly to fit into like a, a set time. But I think at some point it will happen. However, if you are also a big fan of New Japan and want to come on or we can engage in a conversation, maybe have a longer episodes if there's more than just me, um, please, by all means, you can reach out to me and you can, you know, talk to me about it. And I will, you know, if you're interested, I will let you know like what it's like, what we do, what the plan is. And I just think it'd be so much fun because I just, I love talking New Japan and there's not that many fans out there who I get to share this love with. There's only like, you know, my friend Daniel, you know, the one who I was gonna do this with in Ireland. Um, and then like just a couple others. So um, that I actually talk to about it, who actually keep up with it, you know, cause I've, if you watched me on the Sheely Showcase that we do every Thursday, um, I've said it before, there's just a lot of fans out there. I used air quote around fans because they say they watch it, but you just tell they can't because, you know, stuff that I seem passionate about or seem that I think any fan would be like excited about. Don't, they don't show that excitement or they don't show that they care. Like it just, it's just pretty obvious that they don't really keep up with it. I've noticed that New Japan's kind of like a so-called flex, if you will, to say, to just show how much pro wrestling you know or whatever. I just love the product. I just love watching it. And I think the talent there is fucking remarkable. And I just want more of it out there. So I'm hoping this show can encourage others to go watch it, which if you want to watch it, I believe it's on cable television now. Um, is it on Access? I don't know exactly what channel. But if you don't have that channel, you could buy New Japan World. It's only 10 bucks a month um, if you want. And, um, you know, you don't have to. You can, you can cancel your subscription anytime. But it is worth some matches, like, you know, the ones that I had mentioned, you know, like Okada and Osprey, you know, Tanahashi and Kenta. There's some matches that are definitely worth the watch. And you can go back. It's not just, you know, oh, I watch the pay-per-view and that's it. You can go back and watch as much New Japan as you want. So you really get your $10 worth. But yeah, if you are, back to the main point, if you are interested, again, just hit me up and I would love to talk about when the next show is. Again, I'm trying to just do big pay-per-views and big events. So... I'll probably announce later, like in the future, when the next show will be or what well, I'll be covering at least. I don't know at a specific date yet. I usually play things day by day. I'm still a college student as you know, I've mentioned. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, if you wanna find me, you can, <laughs> sounds weird. If you want, if, where you can find me online is on Instagram and at Twitter. Usually the main platforms I use the most, not really Twitter, but I still have it. 
Um, you can find me at Y2Garcia with an underscore. The underscore is important. I always say if there's no underscore, it's not me. And that is the case. I've already had a couple instances where someone tries to like tag me in something, but they tagged the wrong account. And I'm like, oh, I think this is meant for me. And, but no, yeah, make sure to include that underscore. I wish I had the regular Y2Garcia, but someone else does. So it's okay though. Um, but yeah, you, if you want to check out um, more of what the Sheelite Showcase has, you can go to Katie's Twitter, um, at KatieRasslin13, and you can check her, um, if you go to her Twitter, she has a link to the link tree where you can find everything we do, where you could find us, where you can find this show, all of Katie's shows, like In the Crowd, Inside the Mind of, our regular weekly Sheelite Showcase, you know, show. And yeah, you should definitely check us out. And you also, you can find us on YouTube. Um, you can find us on Twitch, on twitch.tv slash Showcase, where we're live, usually Thursdays. I'm usually the reason why it's not Thursdays, but um, at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Um, but other than that, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in to this first episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. I sure as hell enjoyed it. And I cannot wait for what's to come in future episodes and hopefully with some guests so we can talk New Japan, and it's not just me talking. But thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you all in the next episode. Bye-bye!